Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on this Monday night from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for your constitutional rights and the protection that you deserve. True Mav Fitness in the Gulch. You know, Tuesdays and Thursdays are my days at True Mav. You can go seven days a week as you like. Group fitness classes, personal training, or just access to their great facility in downtown Nashville. Your first workout is free at TrueMavFitness.com and Zen Sports. Great offers at Zen Sports. $1,000, up to $1,000. No danger first wager, which means if you lose your $1,000 no-danger no first wager, you can get your $1,000 back risk-free. Promo code ATOZTN is how you get involved on Zen Sports. So as we look at the situation for the Tennessee Titans offensive line, news uh, courtesy of Paul Kaharski today, uh, I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of discussion about the offensive line group all year long, of course, and that Nicholas Petit-Frere is probably done for the remainder of at least the regular season, you know, uh, postseason not out of the question, unlikely at the bottom of the AFC South, but not out of the question for the Tennessee Titans. So Kaharski reported today that the shoulder injury that NPF suffered in Pittsburgh will require surgery. He is most likely finished for the season. So we know that he was suspended for three games to start the year for a gambling violation, uh, did not retake the right tackle job as the guy who had it last year and Chris Hubbard, who was signed during training camp, came in, did pretty good work. Obviously, Hubbard has been in the concussion protocol, um, but NPF was probably going to be this team's starting left tackle moving forward after the Titans benched Andre Dillard in the middle of the loss to the Ravens. And now they're back to square one with Andre Dillard because NPF looks like he's going to be done for the foreseeable future. Now, MB makes a comment that uh, you know, I don't know, terrible is the extreme that I would go to, but NPF is not a good player, um, or at least hasn't been a good player through his first two seasons. He's obviously not playing in his second season or not playing the vast majority of his second season. But I, I don't, you know, it's not a tremendous loss in terms of like the drop-off or the 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 difference between NPF and Dillard was not so substantial that this is... A huge loss. What it really is is a loss at depth and a loss of options because you have already benched Dillard. And as somebody who kind of lacks competitive toughness to begin with, and Andre Dillard, you know, that he's just going to walk right back into the starting left tackle job is not necessarily going to promote said lack of competitive nature. But we'll see what happens with the Titans offensive line group. Tough to be, I don't want to be unfairly critical um, of future performance, even though we do have a pretty decent sample size of what they have done to this point on the year. So your two rivers Ford take with NPF 
in the uh, words of Kaharski, whether he gets shut down for the rest of the year or not, there was no injured reserve transaction today for what it's worth. Uh, keep an eye on that with NPF moving forward because obviously there's still, you know, the second half of the season to be played. Your Two Rivers Four take is simply this. How impactful is the Nicholas Petit Frere injury? We will talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service. Nobody offers you a better car buying experience than the people at Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, powered by Ford, driven by people. Looking at the Titans offensive line group now, we'll see what happens with Hubbard. Uh, They don't practice until Wednesday. So Mike Vrabel will be asked about it tomorrow. He's going to speak at 1 p.m. Central time. We probably won't have an update on Hubbard. Well, we won't have an update on Hubbard until then. So keep an eye out for that. Right now, let's just assume that Hubbard remains in the concussion protocol. We'll see at what point they can get him back. So if Hubbard is out of the equation, just as the just in this hypothetical, Dillard is your left tackle. Radence is probably your right tackle. Skaronsky is going to stay at left guard, Brewer at center, and Brunskill if he's healthy, and that's not a guarantee because Daniel Brunskill was very, very much laboring through that last game on Thursday night football. If all of those things are so, then Radens is the guy who's going to come into the lineup. So how impactful is this particular injury? Uh, you know, it's not good. Depth, loss of depth, whether NPF is a good player or not, is consequential. I don't know that this team has a postseason run. In fact, in them, in fact, I'm quite convinced of the opposite, given that they, you know, can't win a game away from Nissan Stadium and that the likelihood of this team hosting home playoff games is slim to none. But NPF and the lack of offensive line depth that that brings is obviously a bigger problem to be had. I talked to NPF after Thursday night football, the game that he was unable to finish. And this was the exchange that we had in the locker room. There's adversity, and it's something that this team has fought through um, a lot of times. Like, that's one thing that I know that this team is built on, is we're built on adversity. We're built on being able to prove people wrong and being able to find adversity in things and overcome. So this is a great unit. This is a great team. There's a lot of great players here. So I'm going to try my hardest to get back as healthy as I can so I can help this team win because I know that that's the type of culture that we have here is about finding ways for us to find ways to win and create a culture of competing and no matter what the circumstances are. I'm sorry if you've already been asked this, Nick, but like when you guys have four offensive linemen go down the way that you guys did and have to shuffle shuffle the deck, I know you always have to stay ready, but what was that kind of like on the sidelines? Um, just getting ready for your number to be called. Like the unit is an amazing unit we have here. A lot of guys that want to compete. There's a lot of guys that have a lot of talent as well. So, you know, unfortunately, things like that may happen, but we have a lot of faith in the guys in this room. We have a lot of faith in our entire offensive line unit for being able to step up when their number is called. So, when you see somebody like Daniel, who's, you know, obviously struggling through whatever he was trying to play through there, come back in and, and finish the game, what kind of message does that send to the group? I mean, it's commendable. I mean, it shows the toughness that he has, shows the toughness that is built within the offensive line room, that there's no quit in us. And, you know, that's something that I was trying to do myself. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it. But uh, my goal now is for me to get as healthy as I can so I can get back and play with the unit and play with the boys. For Will, in the second start, how did you guys think he managed the situation given that, you know, this is a pretty hostile environment? I mean, great. You know, like he found, we got it. We had a chance to win at the end. 
you know, and that's something that we always said that we wanted to do. I know it's a hostile environment, and Will did a great job with that. And you know, we came up a little bit short, but that's just something that we're gonna figure out in the film. That we're gonna look our wounds a little bit, get a little healthier, figure out find figure out ways for us to find a way to win um, next week, and keep it going from there. So that's Nicholas Petit Frere in the locker room with uh, me on Thursday night after Thursday night's loss to the Steelers. JW89 says, do we have any sleeper practice squad guys? Like sleeper isn't good? Uh, no. Um, you have the guy that they call OJ, number 61. He got some starting right tackle reps in training camp that very quick. Well, he got injured and then was not, you know, was not taking reps with the starters at all, but he is on the practice squad. And then Andrew Rupchich who's been here for a couple of years. Uh, I think you've seen him play in the preseason and the results were not overwhelmingly favorable. So those are the two offensive line who are currently on the practice squad team could, you know, uh, make some transactions here in the next, next couple of days as, as they tend to do roster churn is always a factor, but uh, sleeper practice like sleeper would indicate like guys that we are sleeping on. I think, I think, None, none of the Titans' offensive linemen are slept on. I think we all understand what they are and that they are insufficient um, by, you know, just general NFL standards. A to Z Sports Primetime is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands. We're talking about protection for the Titans' offensive line group. They are poor at it. Who is great at protection, particularly when it comes to your constitutional rights, is the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, those words have great meaning to Amanda and her staff. Her team has practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties across the state. Go to amandajgentry.com for more information and to make sure you have the proper protections. So how impactful is the NPF injury? Well, it's pretty impactful. Andre Dillard plays nothing other than left tackle. Now, if Hubbard returns, I don't hate the idea if they don't think that Dillard is going to get any better, and there's precious little evidence to indicate that Andre Dillard is an improving player, then I don't hate the idea of playing Raidens at left tackle, letting Hubbard play right tackle, and trying to move forward with that group. Now, here's the thing. That's the only position, well, he hasn't played center either, but Dylan Raidens, they haven't played him at left tackle at all this season, which is, you know, interesting given that that was the position that he played at college, but his reps, his primary role has been at left guard. Now against the Steelers, he played 57 snaps at right tackle because of the injury to NPF, but he has 166, uh, or excuse me. Um, he has, uh, over 200 snaps this year playing for various offensive linemen. He has 166 at left guard. He has one at right guard because of the injury to Brunskill for a minute in Thursday night football. He has 57 at right tackle. All of those reps came in the Steelers game. So primarily, uh, and obviously he was the primary backup to Skaronsky, so that's why he has so many snaps at left guard. He's been, you know, not great, but he's been solid um, at this point. Pro football focus grades aren't like gospel. But overall, he's been a, he has a grade of 69.2. He is uh, pretty poor as a pass blocker consistently. The Steelers game was his best game in pass protection, and he was just barely above average at 66.8. Uh, 45.4 is Dylan Raiden's 
overall through four games of action, pass blocking grade. He's much better as a run blocker at 80.9. Um, I think it's worth trying here. I think he's going to have a, a, a great opportunity to get involved in the lineup. And this coaching staff has not been terribly interested in playing him. I don't know that Dylan Radens is not a better option. All I know is the coaching staff has been super reticent to let him get out on the field. What their reasons are for that, only they can answer. At least they wouldn't give us a straight-up answer or a completely honest answer about it other than, you know, he's out there competing. Well, he's been competing for long enough. It's time to see whether this player is viable at any of the starting offensive line positions given that this group is pretty poor across the board other than Skaronsky. Brunskill has given you some good snaps, and honestly, I, I shouldn't diminish Brewer that way. I don't think Brewer's in for a fun experience on Sunday when he plays Vita Vea, but we understand that Brewer has been okay given the things that he cannot overcome, which is just flatly his size. So I think that Raidens, as a right tackle option, if Hubbard is not available to go, we'll see how that bears itself out. But I, even though he has not played a snap there this season, I am certainly not above, at least I wouldn't be above if I was the Tennessee Titans coaching staff, putting Dylan Radens at left tackle and keeping Andre Dillard on the bench. It's tough to go back to a guy after you've already sat him down. Tony says, this is the worst coaching staff in the league. Vrabel is in over his head. Uh, they're not having a good year for sure. They're not having a good year, but I don't think it's the worst staff in the league. That's, that's super dramatic. Like the worst, who's the worst coaching staff in the league right now? It's probably the Raiders. Um, even though they won this weekend, Heading into the season with Josh McDaniels, who we know is a disaster, I would say that there's a couple of different places that you could look all over the NFL that have appreciably worse coaching situations. The Chargers are not overwhelmingly well coached. They may well win tonight because the Jets are horrid, but like the Chargers aren't a good coaching situation. I, the, the, even, even though the results have not been there in their last 16 games, this is a coaching staff that I would not you know, that I would not outright discount given that you have seen the lows of things like Ken Wisenhunt, right? Ken Wisenhunt was a terrible coach. Ken Wisenhunt was likely the best, the worst coaching staff in the league. That Vrabel is a far cry from Wisenhunt, even if the, uh, even if the circumstance in the last couple of games has not been good. Ben Hall says of the coaching situation, you're going to call a coach who took this team to the AFC championship, the worst staff in the league. Dude, read a book and chill. Uh, William Jones says, let's be real. Will, uh, Vrabel will be in new England next season and he'll take Malik with him. Uh, well, neither of those things are true. Um, one, Mike Vrabel was not an overwhelmingly pro Malik Willis candidate. Mike Vrabel, I'm sure would be glad to be done with the situation that Vrabel would take a worse job with a worse quarterback circumstance and less cap space next year is, of course, ridiculous. Mike Vrabel would not be set up for success in New England. Mike Vrabel is more set up for success, whether they capitalize on that success or the promise of that success or not remains to be seen, and ultimately, that's what we'll judge them by. But you cannot, if you listen to the radio show today, you heard Mike Giardi, our, our friend formerly of the NFL Network, who now covers the Patriots as a beat writer for the Boston Sports Journal. The Patriots are the worst team in the AFC. This year, the worst team in the AFC, they're two and seven. The Patriot way is dead. The roster is poor. Dan Orlovsky is breaking down film on television, saying it's impossible for anybody to succeed 
at quarterback in this situation. And you're going to look at the Patriots and say, that's a job that Mike Vrabel would leave town for. Mike Vrabel may leave town for a job, but it's not going to be the New England Patriots as currently constructed. Uh, their quarterback situation, Mac Jones, Mac Jones may be a better player than he's indicate than his situation allows for, but Levis right now definitely looks like he has the higher upside, small sample size, but at least there's the promise of Levis and all kinds of cap space this coming season, this coming off season for Mike Vrabel to legitimately get us a, a chance to reboot this circumstance. Uh, Malik Willis is the perfect quarterback to help you get a higher draft pick next year, says David Zello. Right now, I would agree with that assessment, um, though I don't, you know, I don't think that's Malik's fault. Well, it's hard for me to say that that's not Malik's fault. It's just he's not ready to be a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL and that the results would not be good. Uh, Tony says, Buck, what do you think about Coach Moore? He hasn't done much since he has been in Nashville. The group has underperformed. He hasn't developed anybody. They have issues getting open all the time. The wide receivers are terrible. What do you mean? Um, Rob Moore has nothing to do with the fact that Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks can't stay healthy. Rob Moore uh, has everything to do, is the person who A.J. Brown credits the most with his development as a wide receiver. The wide receivers cannot stop glowing about Rob Moore. Chris Chris Moore, who is one of the better players for this football team in a smaller sample size, has all the respect in the world for Rob Moore. Rob Moore is not a problem with the fact that your wide receivers can't stay healthy in the absence of AJ Brown. A, a, the, hell, there's even a they FedEx made a whole corporate sponsored commercial about Rob Moore and AJ Brown. I would invite you to go watch it. I'm sure it's out there on YouTube. Rob Moore is not a problem in the wide receiver room. Uh so, let's keep it moving as we get ready to go to halftime. Chargers getting ready to take a field goal attempt from 55 yards. Looks like it's good and they'll take a 14-point lead, 17 to 3 into halftime on the road against the Jets. Um, we will uh, talk about who you got in a second, but I do want to read this comment because uh, it is uh, misinformed. PBK on uh, YouTube says, the only left tackles we have are Dillard and Duncan Buck. No one else has even taken reps. That is so, but that's not the comment that I was looking for. Let me see if I can find it because it was also from PBK. Okay, here it is. I have a source that says Duncan gets his first start. Well, your source is incorrect. Um, I'll tell you flatly now. In fact, I was uh, I was talking about Jalen Duncan and the viability of Jalen Duncan on the uh, on the um, radio show today. And in the midst of my conversation about Jalen Duncan, I got a text from a source that's very close to the Titans offensive line group and very close the Titans organization of Jalen Duncan. No way they put Jalen Duncan in LOL. Trust me. He's a great swing guy for both guard and tackle, just not twitchy enough for tackle. He can play guard in the NFL in a certain system. So Jalen Duncan will not get a start at left tackle. Uh, certainly. And it is highly unlikely that he gets a start over the current offensive lineman that they have. So whatever source you may have, um, not to, uh, source, uh, source battle with you, uh, but that was a, uh, a very, very credible source that I got a text from in the middle of the radio show today. Not that one source, not that my source is better than your source necessarily, but I would say that that would, that would directly fly in the face of any chance that Jalen Duncan would get a start at left tackle this weekend. Uh, okay. Who you got in this game as we go to halftime, Justin Herbert, 10 of 21 for 87 yards, terrible 14 of 23. For 81 yards of Zach Wilson, equally terrible. It's a bad, uh, a poorly played football game. 
Titans could use a tie more than anything, to be completely honest with you, but a loss to the Jets would certainly not hurt them given that they have a tiebreaker over the Los Angeles Chargers. Who you got tonight on Monday Night Football? We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that TrueMath Fitness is your place to go for the best workout in Middle Tennessee. I go for personal training on Tuesdays and Thursdays. TrueMath has classes seven days a week, whether it's group fitness, you can always sign up for personal training like I do to work around your schedule. Their membership options are great because not only can you select your personal training and your group classes as you like, you can also have access to their facility, their open gym, whenever you please. TrueMapFitness.com for your first workout free. Uh, Who you got in this game moving forward? Chargers with a two-touchdown lead. Uh, BF says the Chargers. William Jones thinks the Jets will make a comeback. Uh, (laughs) Demetrius says, I got me changing the channel and watching wrestling, which is, of course, the most intelligent decision uh, that anybody could make at this point. I'm probably going to seek out some bad college basketball because college basketball is my favorite sport. And I'm honestly shocked that I stuck with the Monday night football game as long as I did, if for no other reason, then it does have some implications for the Tennessee Titans, even though the Tennessee Titans look like they are very, very unlikely to make the playoffs. Ronnie Crowder says, I don't really care. I don't want anything. Okay. (laughs) Indifferent is Ronnie Crowder on Facebook Live. I want the Jets to win. It's not good for the Titans, obviously, a Jets win because they would be second place in their division to the uh, Dolphins. And if the Titans are playing for anything right now, it's a wild card. But I want the Jets to win because I want to see if Aaron Rodgers can actually get out there and make a comeback. The video is not in here the way that I wanted it to. And that's okay, Bert. I still love you of Aaron Rodgers warming up uh, and uh, taking three-step drops and throwing 55-yard passes. Um, but that was something that was out and filmed on the field. He was walking into the stadium without crutches. Uh, Scott Weaver says, my God, the Thursday night game is going to be horrible. Panthers versus Bears. I will uh, look forward to doing primetime during that game so I don't actually have to watch it. And, uh, well, well, I guess I'll have to watch a little bit of the Panthers just because the Titans still have to play them. Um, anyway, I think that uh, I think that I would love, I would love to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, so I want the Jets to keep winning just because that whole situation is very, very bizarre to me. Anyway, let's keep it moving. Let's welcome Bert in with for In Case You Missed It. There's some good stuff, particularly around the AFC South, to cover. We'll do so right after I remind you that Zen Sports has your $1,000 No Danger First Wager. Plug in that promo code ATOZTN that you see behind me, and you will get up to $1,000 on your first bet at no risk to you. Zen Sports is the best place to wager on the NFL, college football, college basketball, the NBA, or hockey. All your favorite major sports can be found at zensports.com. So go to the Zen Sports app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, get your terms and conditions, must be 21 or up in Tennessee to bet. Gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Okay, Bert. What's going on, Buck? Hi, bud. Uh, there are plenty of good examples of geriatric dancers throughout sports. I think of Roy Williams coming into the locker room after the Final Four victory, you know, working those shoulders, working those shoulders. Famously. I think I think about uh, Frank Beamer, the, his final game as the coach of Virginia Tech, hitting ridiculous number of dabs for somebody that old, just chopping as hard as he could go. One name that does not come to mind for me is Jim Irsay, mm. where – this weekend, if you missed it, the Colts beat the Panthers in pretty dominating fashion. 
And what does Jim do? If we're going to think like Jim, you know, there's two schools of mind after winning a football game, right? There's act like you've been there, celebrate your ass off. Presented with the two options, I think we all know what Jim decided to do. So I wish we could show this video in its entirety, in its full form. If you haven't seen it, I That's think great. it's I think it's on the RKW Twitter. You can just search Jim Say It'll be the first thing to come up. What a plug by you. Hey, oh, by the way, while we're here, go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Robbie underscore Walsh. Let's get some cloud out of this. If I've got to work this godforsaken segment, might as well get something out of it. Uh-huh. Uh, we cannot show you the Jim Say video with the music. But it, if you're if you're a fan of 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 recent music, Meek Mill, somebody that comes to mind, Dreams and Nightmares, plays in just about every locker room. Even Philly, he's a Philly guy, plays in every locker room. Doesn't matter. Everybody loves that song. If you hadn't heard it, go cry. Go have a nice cry in your bathroom while your kids are asleep. It's a good song. So they're playing this song after uh, the victory against the Carolina Panthers, and I would like Buck and I to watch it mystery science theater style. Shall we? Together. So here is Jim Ursay dancing to dreams and nightmares. The man whose two fingers that he's holding is the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen clearly trying to wiggle the fingers out of Jim Ursay. Oh, he got it. He got it. He got away. Now Ursay is freestyling. The players are gathering around. Steichen doesn't know what to do. He's bouncing awkwardly, as is Jim Ursay. Clearly digging for something, grabbing at something. And now is uh, fired up in just nothing but glorious cigarette-fueled rage. This is after the Indianapolis Colts thoroughly trounced the one-win Carolina Panthers on the year. Again, I say to you, Shane Steichen cannot get further away from that delirious old man fast enough. I, I have so many questions. The dance moves. Let's start it back from the beginning. The dance moves. The what? What's like happening here? Like he's Geo, dude. What's he doing? Banging on the ground, doing his best. And uh, these players, these players around him. This is a classic example of laughing at you and not with you. That's Here's right. my favorite: P- pick the bananas up, put them in the bucket. Pick the bananas up, shove them in my mouth. Like they're all laughing at this old man. So he pays their salary. He signs their paychecks. There, pick the bananas up, or say, look, does he know the name of this player? Hell no. He no. has no clue who that is. But you know what? 93 is smart to go up and give the owner a hug because you know what Jim Ursa is going to remember after this cigarette and pill-fueled uh, likely situation. I'm recklessly speculating at this point. He is likely going to remember that that is the person who embraced him after his dance moves to celebrate a win over a one-win team, remember, like they're winning the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles come out of the tunnel before Super Bowls, two dreams and nightmares by Meek Mill. Jim Irsay is celebrating on the road in an away locker room, a sad away locker room, like they have won something of consequence and also hanging on to dear life to just those two fingers of his new head coach. It is so bizarre. Hang on, Shane. If you let go, he'll fire you and then replace you with a person from television because he used to play center for the Colts. Careful now, Shane. Careful. Uh, just like, just like a small orangutan, if you pull away too quickly, he will rip your fingers off. Now, wait, let's see if we can, let's see if we can bring our worlds together, shall we? Let's see if we can complete the holy trinity of the A to Z sports primetime show. Can we? This is our Colts. This is our team. Yes. We bleed blue. We did it. This is our Colts. 
whether win or lose. Let's go, Orsay. For the shoe, beat the Titans. Let the world hear us now. This is our team. Go Colts. (laughs) It's the Holy Trinity. Oh, my God. Who's to say? Job's done, boys. That's right. We have nothing. We cannot do any better than we've just done. (laughs) Right there. In fact, that is the best uh, segment that the primetime show has done in five years. It is, of course, uh, nothing to do with anything that we actually care to talk about. So <laughs> going Works for it. me. See well, ya. well done by Bert. That uh, will conclude our time here together to get you back in time for the second half of Monday Night Football. Radio show tomorrow, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. New intro, outro video, says William Jones. What, just no sound Jim Ursay scooping the bananas or pounding the ground like, what did Bert call him? Geodude. Uh, ben Hall says, uh, Bert, back to your lightless dungeon. Jack Ripper says, Buck is a low-key Colts fan. No, it just bothers the holy hell out of all of you, which makes me smile. I'm sorry. I can't help but twist the knife from time to time. And also, you better hope that you beat the Carolina Panthers because if crazy Jim Ursay and his football team can do it, uh, you certainly better be able to at this point. Dwayne Carroll says the Colts are Bucks team. He's from Indiana. Do you guys, you guys know that I grew up a Jets fan? Like you have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to find that picture of me in second grade in the Jets John Abraham jersey uh, for no other reason. that I have lived in Tennessee longer than I ever stayed in Indiana. That is a quantifiable fact. So that the idea that there would be any I don't have an allegiance to any football team other than to point and laugh at all of the football teams because all of your football teams do something stupid and it is my on a regular basis and it is my great privilege and honor to laugh at those things with you together. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight on the primetime show. Go ahead, Bert. This is Play our in the goals. background. This is yeah. our team. We bleed blue. See you guys tomorrow. This is our 10 a.m. on the radio show.